In the movie The Truman Show, Truman Burbank says, good morning, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That is our greeting from First Baptist Church. Whenever you are watching this worship recording, uh, several of us, of the staff and leaders at First Baptist Church of Black Mountain have gathered here in the sanctuary a little after 11 a.m. Uh, to record an abbreviated worship service for you who are watching at home. Uh, we are doing what many churches are seeking to do this morning. Some are live streaming, and uh, we are simply recording our service and looking forward to, to posting it for you uh, later today. So real briefly, I want to say thanks to Bill Capel, Bill Walker, Ron Springs, Karen Gray, and Catherine Hilliard for being here at First Baptist Church to take part in leading this worship service, and we hope that God's Spirit speaks to you in this uh, wholly unique and new way that we are leading worship at First Baptist Church. Of course, we hope this is only temporary. We, we, we believe it is only temporary. We just do not know how long we will be doing this. But for at least the next two Sundays, including today, we will be bringing you our worship service from the sanctuary to your computer or tablet or phone or smart TV or whatever kind of device you are using. So we do say good morning, and we hope and pray that you are well today. I'm going to give a little bit of a longer welcome. Uh, this is the welcome, and we are welcoming you from home, but I want to let you know a few items of what to expect, not just today, but in the days ahead. First of all, we are gathering for worship in this manner, uh, out of love for our neighbor. Uh, our neighbors here at First Baptist Church, but also in Black Mountain uh, and across Buncombe County. We do not do this out of panic. We do not do this out of fear. We do this because we acknowledge that there are vulnerable people among us who we understand are most at risk from uh, catching this coronavirus and experiencing complications. So we do this uh, knowing that um, we could easily pass this on if we are all gathered together in a small space and if we're touching surfaces, uh, that could happen. So we have chosen to suspend our worship gatherings and all gatherings at First Baptist Church for the next couple of weeks. Uh, once again, that is done out of love, and we do this because we love you and we want you to be well. We will be canceling the worship services in person today, March 15th, but also next week, March 22nd. We will also cancel our Wednesday evening gatherings, including the Family Night Meal, Kids Ignite, the Pastor's Bible Study. Uh, Ron, I assume we're canceling choir as well. Uh, we will let you know on March 26th where we're at. Um, perhaps we will have to cancel more. Perhaps we can resume gathering together again at that point. But just know that for the next two weeks, we will not be gathering. We have also uh, asked all groups that meet at First Baptist Church for non-church-related activities that they will also need to stay away during this time. I do want to let you know, however, that church operations will continue. Um, Marilyn, myself, the rest of the staff will be here or working in our respective places to prepare, for instance, next week's worship service. We will hope to have some kind of online Bible study through the week. We may be able to send you devotions. Uh, our deacons will be seeking to serve you in whatever way they can. So know that the work of the church will continue, and we will seek to be Christ's presence to you and anyone else in this community who needs our help during this time. So keep that in mind as you're staying home and practicing social distancing, which you'll be hearing a lot more of 
over these next few weeks. Know that though we are socially distant, uh, with Christ we are present with you and we want to be present with you. So please don't hesitate to give the church a call. Send an email to the church, call the church office, drop by the church if you would like to drop something off or pick something up. Though we are uh, not having our gatherings, uh, we are still asking for you to participate in church life as much as you can. One of those things, of course, includes the ongoing financial needs uh, at First Baptist Church. And so many of you have already asked, how can I give of my tithe or how can I give an offering? Of course, we will take those from you. Uh, I think that's not a surprise, but we encourage you to uh, get those to us in one of two ways. Um, one, you're simply welcome to mail it in if you feel comfortable. Simply address it uh, to our church or our post office box, which will be on our website or Facebook page, and send it in that way. It may be more comfortable for you to bring it by the church, and so what you will have the opportunity to do is to bring it to the office at First Baptist Church during regular business hours, which uh, as of right now we plan to be here for. That will be Monday through Friday from 9 to 5. You can ring the doorbell in the intercom, let Marilyn know you're here to drop off your offering or tithe, and simply leave it in the mailbox outside, and we'll come get that from you so that we don't have to do any kind of exchanging of handshakes or touching doorknobs or anything like that. We do want you to know that that is available. And we will follow up with any more information as it becomes available. So know that we're not going to leave you hanging uh, at First Baptist Church, we're going to communicate with you as well as we can, uh, first and foremost through things like emails and Facebook announcements and, and, and through our website, but also we want to let you know that our deacons will be reaching out to you if you do not use those kinds of items. So we will call you if we need to. Don't worry if you don't have a computer. Uh, we will find a way to get a hold of you and let you know what's going on at First Baptist Church. That's one of the things that makes this place special. Uh, and I know that uh, because of our strength together that we find in Christ, we will uh, move through this crisis safely. Uh, and I look forward to the time we can gather in this room and worship uh, with a sense of normalcy again. And so normalcy is the key this morning. We're going to have as normal a worship service as we can, uh, but of course a few elements will need to be removed, such as uh, the choir will not be singing today, will not be taking an offering, uh, but know that you will hear music and prayers, scripture, preaching. You will also hear a promotion of our Annie Armstrong Easter offering. So if you've made it through these first few minutes, I pray that you have. Uh, we welcome you to worship and hope that this is a meaningful time for you. Would you pray with me? Holy Father, thank you for this opportunity to worship you today. We pray your Holy Spirit will be with us as we sing your praises, read your holy word, and hear the message. Please be with Pastor Jeremy as he brings us the message that you have already given him. Please give us hearts that are open to re and receptive to your message. Help us not only to hear your words, but to be willing and ready to apply them to our lives, and that our lives might be changed by the by these words. Father, even when the things of our world become unpredictable and chaotic, we know that you are our solid rock. Your truths and promises never change. Through Christ alone comes our forgiveness and salvation. Please bless our worship today. We pray it will bring you glory. 
Father, we love you and adore you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. midst of what's going on in our world this week, I, uh, this song came to mind for me, uh, hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of your hand, keep me safe till the storm passes by. In the dark of the midnight have I oft hid my face. While the storm howls above me and there's no hiding place, mid the crash of the thunder, precious Lord, hear my cry, keep me safe till the storm passes by. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Many times Satan whispered, there is no need to try, for there's no end of sorrow and there's no hope by and by. But I know thou art with me, and tomorrow I'll rise when the storms never darken the skies. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. When the long night has ended and the storms come no more, let me stand in thy presence on that bright, peaceful shore, in that land where the tempest never comes. Lord, may I dwell with thee when the storm passes by. Till the storm passes over, 
Till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Good morning. This morning I get to talk to you about the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Some of you will be very familiar with this and some of you maybe it's new. This is an offering in addition to your normal tithes um, that is administered through the North American Mission Board. Um, Annie Armstrong was born in Baltimore in 1850. And at that time, there was very little opportunity for women. Yet her devotion to Christ led her to a life of service and leadership. She organized women to pray, to give, and to meet the needs around them. She challenged pastors and churches to action and rallied vital support for missionaries. Ultimately, Annie was recognized as a National Southern Baptist Trailblazer for her visionary leadership that still inspires millions today. Some of Annie's contributions include um, starting a Bayview mission for Baltimore's poor and addicted. She served as the first executive of the Women's Missionary Union, the largest Protestant women's organization in the world. She led the formation of missions organizations for children she raised support for missionaries to Italian and Jewish immigrants in and around Baltimore. <clears throat> she refused a salary because she would never give to the Lord that which cost me nothing. She, would, she based that on 2 Samuel 24, 24. I want to look that up. She initiated fundraising brick cards to build churches in Cuba. And she gained support for the first black female missionaries. <clears throat> one of her sayings, one of the things that she has been quoted as saying, which is a wonderful thing, she said, what a glorious, what a glorious thing it is to be a co-worker with God in winning the world for Christ. Your offering, again called the Annie Armstrong Easter Offering, 100% of that offering supports thousands of missionaries in church planning and compassion ministries across the U.S. and Canada. It's also my pleasure today to read our Old Testament reading. If you would like to turn with me from your home in your Bible, Exodus 17, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7. <clears throat> Again, this is Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7. The whole Israelite community left the desert of sin, moving from one place to another at the command of the Lord. <clears throat> they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water to drink. 
And they complained to Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses answered, Why are you complaining? Why are you putting the Lord to the test? But the people were very thirsty and continued to complain to Moses. They said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt? To kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Moses prayed earnestly to the Lord and said, What can I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Take some of the leaders of Israel with you and go on ahead of the people. Take along the stick with which you struck the Nile. I will stand before you on a rock at Mount Sinai. Strike that rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. Moses did so in the presence of the leaders of Israel. The place was called Masai and Meribah because the Israelites complained and put the Lord to the test when they asked, is the Lord with us or not? Please pray with me. God of creation, we begin this prayer by acknowledging that you are faithful and that you love us. You will not abandon us. You will not forsake us. You walk with us and you are ahead of us on our journey of life. May these truths be ever on our hearts, not just today, but in the weeks ahead. We begin by lifting to you the victims of the coronavirus, especially those who are battling it even now, those who are especially susceptible to its effects. We lift them up now and pray for quick healing. We pray for those who are preparing to battle this virus as well, knowing that across the world and country, many more will suffer because of this. We lift up those who are grieving across the world for those that they have lost because of this sickness. We pray for our government and all governments around the world who are seeking to do what is best on a national and global level to contain, control, and bring us through this pandemic. We pray for organizations such as the Center for Disease Control, World Health Organization, state and local health departments who are working around the clock to assure us that we can be safe if we make good decisions and who are giving us direction for how to proceed. We acknowledge that their work is not easy. We acknowledge that their work can be divisive. We pray that they would have wisdom and that they would make the right decisions for all of us. We also pray for children, families, workers, and individuals who will not suffer from this virus, but will suffer in other ways. Those who are forced to stay home from work, those who will be leading their children in education and learning from home, those who are affected for other reasons, our local businesses, nonprofits, and others. We acknowledge the severity of the virus itself, but know 
that the effects are far-reaching, and we know that this will be incredibly challenging and perhaps debilitating for certain individuals and organizations over the next few weeks. We pray that you would give this church and all churches strength and wisdom to continue to be Christ's presence to the world around them. Give them patience, give them understanding, help them to understand how they can go forth into this world and continue to serve those around them. Lord, despite this crisis, we know that there is hope. We know that in just a few short weeks, we will be celebrating the empty tomb that gives us the hope of eternal life. And so may that picture, may that image of hope be with us even during this trying time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Today's gospel reading is John chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty." The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, What do you want, or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. 
The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from the city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The word of God for the people of God. Last year on my trip to the Holy Land, our guide would always point out in every city we visited where the water source was. We knew that in the first few minutes of visiting a city or getting off the bus, our tour guide would say, where's the water source? Do you know where it is? Because there was no way an ancient city could thrive without a water source. Today we have many modern ways of carrying water where a city does not have to be right next to or even within a mile of a water source, but a city miles wide can be given water because of current technology. That was not the case for ancient cities with limited technology. A city could only thrive with a water source. I still remember visiting the ancient city of Megiddo. That, of course, is the source of that scary word we use today called Armageddon. But the ancient city of Megiddo needed a water source as well, and they went through some pretty extreme lengths to get that water. The water was of such great importance to them that they dug a tunnel deep underground that would go outside the city walls underground to draw water from an underground spring to bring back to their city. They did not want their enemies who would approach to have access to that well of water, and so they went to extreme lengths digging tunnels deep into the earth so that they could access that source of water. Water was of such great importance to people on a city, city level, but it's also important to us as individual. In many ways, civilization itself, our existence as cities and cultures, depends on our access to water. I don't have to tell you that areas of the world that do not have access to clean water are among the poorest in the world. Life is uncertain from day to day because of the lack of access to clean water. In many ways, water then and even today amounts to wealth. Of course, individuals, we know how important water is. I don't know if you knew this, but in the right state, a person can actually go without food for 35 to 40 days. Now, none of you watching this video or listening to the podcast are going to come remotely close to going that long without eating food. You can look at me and know 
I can barely go three to five hours without food. But technically, once again, given right health, a human can go weeks without food. Water, on the other hand, not so much. It may be possible for the human body to go a maximum of three days without water, if you're lucky. And of course, we are not going to attempt that today. Water is quite possibly the greatest physical need imaginable. Yes, there are others, but water is perhaps the most important element in our world to sustain life. The season of Lent, in many ways, asks us to peer deep into the well of our souls and to reflect on our sin and mortality as we have referenced over the past few weeks. On the flip side, the season of Lent also asks us to know where our life comes from. Yes, we can reflect on those things that take life from us, such as sin and hurt and pain, but we must also then reflect on that which gives us life. Many of us fast during Lent. Some of you are engaged in a Lent and fast during these next 40 days. I would guess you have not given up food altogether but you've probably given up something like sweets or red meat or coffee or sodas if you choose to fast in that way. Giving up those things or fasting from anything is not about losing weight or doing away with a habit. It is about when we are tempted and we believe that we depend on those things, such as coffee or soda or sugar, we can turn to and recognize our one source of life, that being Jesus Christ. The goal is that when you get that craving for a cup of coffee, or when you get that craving for a Snickers bar at the grocery line, you will in that moment pray and reflect on the fact that it is not coffee, it is not Snickers, it is not food in general, it is not anything I can buy in this grocery store that sustains me in this life. It is only the grace and love of Jesus Christ. I think that's what today's scripture is ultimately telling us. First of all, thank you for listening to one of the longest passages of Scripture I have read in some time. And if you stood during the Gospel reading at home as we do here at worship, I commend you because you would have been standing for a very long time. We obviously can't go into every detail for that entire passage, but we will pick up on a few high notes. First of all, Scripture, this Scripture today, takes place in an important location at the city's water hole. Jesus met the woman at the well, quite possibly at the center of the city, a city that may very well have existed in this location because of this very well. The only place and the only item that could bring two vastly different people together, a Samaritan woman 
and a Jewish rabbi. These individuals were not supposed to mix. They were not supposed to talk. They were not supposed to associate. They were not supposed to share the same bucket or cup in drawing from the well. It may be no coincidence that Jesus used this site to share with the Samaritan woman and through the gospel and through the scriptures to share with those of us who receive this testimony of scripture of the importance and power of Jesus Christ in our lives. And that Jesus comes to us when we feel isolated. Jesus, like this city and this well, is the very center and the source of our very existence and joy and abundance. Without living water, no life can be built. Without living water that comes from the well of a relationship with Christ, we cannot possibly hope to build the abundant life that God provides for us. Living water is just that powerful. It is more powerful than the physical water at the center of a city. It quenches our deepest thirst, our spiritual thirst, and unites people of all ethnicities and whatever their family line is. On our Wednesday night study, we are studying each gospel and how it helps us transform. And in a few weeks, we will look at the gospel of John. The author of our study points out uh, something very important for us to take from this gospel, that Christianity is the first pan-tribal faith. In other words, the gospel of John pays special attention to the fact that the gospel of Jesus Christ is made available to all people. In other words, the Christian faith and faith in Christ is perhaps the first religion of the area or faith practice that says it doesn't matter who your mama is or it doesn't matter who your dad is. It's the first faith that says it doesn't matter what line you came from. It doesn't matter what city you were raised in. It doesn't matter what cultural practices you are involved with. The living water of Jesus Christ is made available to all people. That faith, that living water is so powerful and so expansive that it breaks down all walls and all barriers, especially those that the Samaritan woman were facing in this passage. The Samaritans were not allowed to associate with Jewish people. They were somewhat related to the Jewish faith, but were excluded. They came from the same vicinity. There was some overlap, but the Samaritans were not people you associated with. It wasn't because of anything they had done. You just don't associate them because, with them because they came from a bad line. However, Jesus, in this powerful gospel message, breaks down those walls and barriers and reminds the woman and all of us that the source of goodness and abundant life and the unity that we can have in Christ that overcomes all the barriers and standards that the world places upon us and upon our culture can be broken down when we drink the living water 
of Jesus Christ. There is nothing on this earth that we can find that has the same power. For many years, uh, sports companies and various kinds of uh, companies that develop nutritional drinks and foods have sought to develop liquids that someone can drink while working out or after working out that will replenish all of the elements in their bodies. And so you may have, the most common, of course, being drinks like Gatorade or Powerade, which in many ways are worse for you than a soda. But if you drink Gatorade and Powerade, the whole idea is that it has extra uh, sugars and extra items in it that will help you replenish some of your body's what you've lost during a workout. It's not just those. There are all kinds you can find in the stores. You can find squeeze packets and gels that you're supposed to drink while you're running that give you a a boost of energy or replenish some of your nutrients while you're working out and you're sweating and becoming tired. Most experts will tell you, however, that there is no such thing as a super drink. There's no such thing as something that does more than water itself. There is nothing that compares to good old water. There's also no super drink for life. We sometimes seek to place our faith and our trust in the things of this world and believe that that is what gives us abundant life and that is what gives us status. And so we place our faith in power and wealth and expensive food. We place our, our, our faith in items and materialism as a substitute for living water. And yet Jesus tells us nothing can quench our thirst, nothing can quench our needs like the living water he provides everyone. It is in Jesus Christ whose nourishment, who gives us nourishment that we will never thirst. This is the season of Lent. It is a time where we assess our relationship with Christ, looking deeply at our life, asking, are we drinking frequently and deeply from the well of living water that Jesus gives us, just like he gives the Samaritan woman? Are we staying spiritually hydrated? And so where do you meet Jesus at this well and drink of the living water that sustains you? Is that living water coming to you through worship, even in a different form today? Are you receiving that living water by practicing the spiritual disciplines? Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you meditating over the scripture? Are you practicing solitude and being alone with God? Are you being silent and listening to the voice of God's Spirit? Living water comes to us through these practices. Are you drinking of the living water of Christ through a faith community? Once again, church is not simply something we attend, but we find Jesus Christ in the midst of our church family. We will seek to continue to practice that even in this time of isolating and social distancing. But are you investing in this faith community or any other faith community around you 
that you can take part in? Are you taking part in the mission of Christ? Yes, when we go forth in this world on mission and seek to give water and food, and when we seek to give clothing or shelter or financial assistance or medicine or visiting the prisoners or those who are isolated or oppressed in our world, yes, we are seeking to provide the living water of Christ through us in those circumstances. But I also believe that as servants, we are drinking from the well of Christ even in those circumstances. When we use our hands to serve our community, we are drawing from the richness and the blessing of what it means to be the body of Christ in a hurting world. One thing that shouldn't be lost in this long gospel passage is the reality of what unfolded at the well. I in no way wish to make light of or to commandeer something that is serious. But in many ways, this woman was one of the original victims of social distancing. She was not allowed to be around others. Her and her people, the Samaritans, were under a self-quarantine. They were not just asked or encouraged, but told not to interact or not to be present with the rest of society. Not because they were sick or contagious, but simply because they were not accepted by the powers that be. This woman was subjected to a lifelong social distancing, not just a few weeks of what we'll be experiencing. And yet Jesus provides the means and the source to end it. And so my prayer for us today is that we would be like Jesus at the well, knowing that we are vessels through which Jesus' living water flows, and that we would not allow social distancing to overcome us. I'm not talking about the social distancing we're practicing for the coronavirus. I encourage it. But I also encourage you to be present for those who are hurting most, those who are outcasts, because you have drank from the living water that Jesus provides. And through you, that living water breaks down all kinds of barriers. The next few weeks, it's going to take some creativity and how you will offer living water in the name of Jesus. Hopefully in a few weeks we will be able to be more physically present with one another. But as we close out this worship service, I hope that you will pray and reflect on Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well, knowing how revolutionary and how radical it was to approach her, to ask her for a drink, and then to offer her the same grace, love, and compassion that Jesus offers us all. Will you take on that role of offering the living water in the name of Jesus? Please pray with me. God, we give thanks for the truth of Scripture that comes to us today 
in the story of the woman at the well. Help us to remember that this is a story that reaches far and wide and has so many implications for the Christian life. But as we go from this place today, help us to be reminded that you are the source of the living water and that no matter where we are in our spiritual walk, you offer us a drink. But Lord, may we also remember how you approached the woman who was off limits. How you, as a Jewish rabbi, came to the woman who was experiencing social isolation simply because of the family and the faith and the culture she was born into and offered her living water, which provides for us abundant and eternal life. May we go and do likewise in the ways that you have gifted us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. He lets me rest in meadows green and leads me beside the quiet stream. He keeps on giving life to me and helps me to do what honors him the most. Even when walking through the dark valley of death, valley of death, I will never be afraid for he is close beside me. Guarding, guiding all the way, he spreads a feast before me. In the presence of my enemies, he welcomes me as his special guest with blessings overflowing. His goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all of my life. And afterwards I shall live with him forever, forever. In his home forever. In his home. 
We want to thank you for joining us for worship today virtually. We know that because you are not present in this room, we, we believe that you are here in spirit and know that we are uh, in your living rooms in spirit as well. Just a couple of quick announcements before we end this worship service and video. Once again, know that we will be praying for you and that your church family is here. If you have any needs, please don't hesitate to call the church office or also to uh, send an email our way. We want to make sure that we are all checking in with you. Uh, call your deacon if you need something or have any fear of going out. Please just, just let us know that we are here to serve. We will keep you updated by way of video, email, all forms of communication to let you know what we are doing in these next two weeks. But once again, just know that all regular activities are canceled for these next two weeks. We will reassess um, on March the 26th. But also be on the lookout for ways that we will seek to stay connected with you through uh, any kind of online ministry or things we will be posting on our website or Facebook page. We're going to seek to be as available and creative as we can. So please uh, be on the lookout for those things. Once again, thank you for joining us for worship at First Baptist Church. Uh, thank you, staff and, and worship leaders, for being here today and leading us in this service. Now hear these words as we prepare to go. May God fully satisfy every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen.